Welcome to Tag One Team Talks, brought to you by Tag One Consulting. I'm Michael Byers, the Managing Director at Tag One. We have two special Halloween episodes for you. In both episodes, we're going to be telling scary platform migration stories, cautionary tales to learn from based on experiences we've all had prior to joining Tag One. In today's episode, episode two, I'm going to be chatting with Yanis Ureos, a top contributor to Drupal, the open source content management system. Among his many contributions, Yanis is the multimedia initiative owner who's been appointed by the founder of Drupal to oversee the design and implementation of the next generation of Drupal's multimedia capabilities. He's also a performance and scalability expert who's done many talks on the topic. He's also the product owner for Gander, a new open source automated performance testing system that the Google Chrome team and Tagwan have been collaborating on. Gander is now a part of the Drupal core development workflow and will be uh, there to help ensure that Drupal's performance gets even better over time. And as it's open source, it's also something that your organization can run to ensure that your sites are as fast as possible. Keep an eye out for the blog posts that are coming up and the team talks on Gander in the next couple of weeks. When you've been part of a lot of large scale migrations like Yana's, you've undoubtedly run into some challenging situations. And our hopes that in sharing some of these stories and things that went awry and the challenges that we faced will help you better navigate your platform migration. Today, Yanis is going to share the human side of migrations, the challenges that organizations face when it comes to navigating politics and staffing issues and other people-oriented issues that you often face when changing tech stacks. As a company, there's a lot that you need to transition beyond just completing your tech transition to have a successful migration. And yet, the human side of things is not a topic that we often hear about when it comes to migrations. So I'm really excited about this talk. Please remember to keep an eye out for episode one in our Halloween series with Benji Fisher, one of the maintainers of Drupal's migrate capabilities, where he shares two scary stories about the technical challenges that he's faced. I'm joined today by Yanez Ureyot, who is my co-host for the Tag One Team Talk series. Yanez, welcome and thank you for joining me. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. So we're covering scary stories from our lives before Tag One, and we're going to anonymize. We're not going to cover, we're not going to say who these organizations are specifically. Um, but, you know, you were the Drupal multimedia initiative owner for many years, and you work with a lot of media companies. You just sort of set the stage for your scary story. So, um... When I, when I finished my studies, I had to feel, and I had my first child on the way, so I had to figure out what to do. And, you know, based on a few, um, unplanned things, I ended up doing web development. And initially I started working or I was collaborating with a company that used their own CMS internally built. But I've always been a huge proponent of open source, even during my studies. And I also knew Drupal at the time. And I was trying to convince that company to adopt Drupal and open source in general. And they didn't really want to do it because they were selling licenses for their CMS. So the first opportunity that I got to work in open source web technologies, I took that opportunity like gladly. And that was my first exposure to media because that company where this opportunity arose was in the media industry. And then through that, I became interested in media and then naturally started contributing, ended up leading the media initiative for Drupal 8. And because of 
my involvement in Drupal Media and media industry in general. Then later in my career, I ended up having a lot of uh, clients from this industry. And I'm sure you've been involved in numerous migrations. I'm curious, are they largely, you know, uh, older versions of Drupal to newer versions of Drupal, uh, other platforms to Drupal, a mix? Migration, the migrations that I've done throughout my career were for the most part from some other system to Drupal. We migrated media portals from other systems to Drupal 7, and then later I did a lot of migrations to Drupal 8 and 9. I've actually not done a lot of migrations from earlier versions of Drupal to newer versions of Drupal, but I have a lot of experience in migrating from third-party legacy systems. And to add on that, for all these migrations, we always use Migrate module, Migrate tooling that we have in Cornell. When we were doing it into Drupal 7, it was not yet in core, it was in Conchip space, but very similar. And my experience with Migrate was that it's really solid, really featureful, really reliable. And even when, because if you are, if you're migrating from an older version to Drupal to a newer version of Drupal, in theory, you have most of the plugins, most of the features that you need already built into Migrate, because this is the like prime citizen type of migration. But even if you're migrating from a legacy system that's in theory, no other Drupal developer ever heard about, Migrate still allows you to execute these migrations with hardly any need for custom code, which I think tells a lot about how good, how solid this system is. And yes, of course, I mean, of course there are things that you have to do custom, but those are Mostly my experience were mostly related to the way the content was created, not the way those third-party legacy systems stored the data. In general, I was always happy with Migrate. It's a really nice tool. And I was very excited when, when we decided that it will become part of Core. Yeah, we'll have to do, uh, I mean, we're doing a whole series on the, the Migrate subsystem and migrating to Drupal in general in, in various different aspects. Um, one of the things I love about your scary story, a lot of what we've covered in our other scary stories are uh, technical fails or challenges that organizations have faced. Um, but you're going to give us a, a different perspective today and cover a really important part of migrations, and that is user adoptions and end users. And, you know, in order for a migration to be successful, you don't only need to technically execute it, but you need to facilitate success of the new application and the challenges that come with it. And a lot of those challenges can be people related. That was my experience. <laughs> so a little bit of backstory. As happening involves in a migration from a third party CMS into Drupal. And the specific of this case was that this third-party CMS was not like a commercial product or some other open-source CMS, but it was a proprietary, internally developed CMS that a dedicated development team inside the organization built. Mm -hmm. 
And you can imagine that this is the stage for some pretty strong opinions and emotions about things. Because you have this team there, which was not huge, but still has been with the organization for quite a while. And they loved things that they built and it was working. But then the key decision makers realized that they simply cannot achieve the pace of innovation that they require in order to execute what they like to call the digital transition. This is one of these media organizations that are like 50, 60 years old, newspapers, used to print newspapers on a daily or a weekly basis or what have you. And now they were faced with this new reality where they had to be present on the internet or and on other digital you know, channels or delivery channels as well. And they were figuring out how to do it. And pretty quickly they realized that this internally developed CMS, while in theory, they should be able to add any functionality that they needed to it, the team was too small for that to be realistic. So they started looking into other solutions. They pretty quickly decided they want to have something that is open source. Drupal was one of the candidates. Uh, and then we did a pilot project with Drupal and they were really happy with it. And they decided, okay, we're going with Drupal. We're going to replace like all usages of this internal developed CMS uh, incrementally because they had multiple sites. Um, and start using Drupal from there on because they, they understood that the pace of innovation that we have in, in Drupal community is uncomparable to what they could achieve internally. The, the problem was that this decision was obviously was communicated with the internal team, but it either wasn't, either the internal team didn't feel that they were involved in the decision, which was probably true, or they wouldn't accept any decision that wasn't their own CMS. It was probably a combination of both. But to say the least, the internal team was not very happy with the decision. And then myself and some other people that were familiar with Drupal were brought on the team basically as consultants to help them transition and to teach the internal team to use Drupal. But what ended up happening is that we were basically two separate teams that didn't go along very well. And maybe one of the reasons was that the transition was not quick because they had so many sites that we started, when we started transitioning sites to Drupal, they still had to maintain a lot of the sites on the existing platform. So the argument is always, oh, like we can divide it like this. The, the team that, that is more familiar with Drupal will do Drupal and the team that is more familiar with the old system will maintain the old system. But in reality, what ended up happening, we had two teams with a lot of rivalry and not enough collaboration. So you have a, a group of internal developers highly resistant to the idea of moving to anything with a proprietary system that they build and another team coming in and migrating them off, I'd imagine they're not the most cooperative. Well, I remember like we had these training sessions where we would literally do like workshop workshops for them 
and explain, you know, how Drupal works and how community works and how you contribute. And then one of one of the things that we adopted was we adopted Drupal's coding standards also for our internal code, which is what most of people usually do in my experience. And then of course, then we had this discussion, why two spaces, not four and whatnot. Uh, but then we set up this automated QA in place for all the pull requests to our internal projects that were rejecting everything that was not by the standard. And then when we were talking about contributing to Drupal, first thing that the other team did was they ran those checks on Drupal core. And of course it failed miserably because there were like 15 million problems with it because of, you know, all the history that Drupal went through. And they were like, ah, how are they going to force me to use this coding standard if they can't follow it either? They, they tried to submit the patch to Drupal core. You know, you fix your problems and then I will start using it. I'm like, no, 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 let's not do this. <laughs> what about management and leadership? Sounds like they didn't necessarily engineer this transition very well. Like, do, do you think that was like a big part of this failure? You know, I can understand the resistance yeah. developers, yeah. but. I think that this was the main, probably the main problem, the, the leadership. I think that. I'm not entirely sure. My, my thinking looking back at this is that leadership was too optimistic and too hopeful. And they, I think that they thought that the problems would resolve by themselves eventually, which usually doesn't happen. Like if you let the snowball rolling without control, it usually goes in, in a completely undesired direction. And, and this is what basically happened here. I'm still not sure if there was a way to convince um, the existing team to really become on board and become excited about Drupal. But maybe there was a better way to manage it to prevent a lot of friction and rivalry and stress that resulted from that and then eventually even burnout. Because combined with this atmosphere that we had, we also had really crazy of, you know, working on new projects, sending them out, going live. It was like 12 or 16 months of really crazy pace. So both these things together caused a lot of burnout, in my opinion. And then the whole team or both teams basically dissolved to some extent. How did the migration itself go? Were you guys able to, to pull the migration off with all of these challenges? Did it like blow the schedule, the budget? Like what happened? Yeah, migration worked quite well. We did multiple projects, as I already mentioned, but we had one that was by far the biggest. Um, it was more gossipy, yellow media style kind of media portal. Uh, with quite a lot of traffic um, for our circumstances. We did the incremental migration, uh, which means that you build a new website parallel to the old one that was serving live traffic. We migrated data over and then we ran migrations on a regular basis to get new content that was created since 
the, the last time migration run over to the new system, which allowed the content editors and other stakeholders to test the new site and see if all the content is coming through as it should and it looks okay. We were also migrating blocks on the front page. So when they exposed something to the front page on the old side, it immediately updated that on, on the new side. So it was it was pretty pretty well well made migration in my opinion. And then but we were a little bit behind schedule. I not exactly sure what the reasons were. I think that we simply had more requirements. The the estimates were mostly done based on the hope, not on the actual estimating process. So the hope was, oh, we will go out by 1st of June and then we just caught all the requirements and we figure out that it won't be possible. So it, it, mostly because of those reasons, it was postponed a few times. But then eventually we were ready and there was pressure to go live at that point. But the problem was that the go live date was like, I think it was less than a week before the national parliamentary election, which is obviously a huge deal for a media portal. And uh, the managers, like the leadership asked us, um, you know, do you think that we can do it? And we were all really young and really stupid and a little bit too uh, brave. So we said, yeah, sure, we're going to do it, no problem. <laughs> and we go live and then on the night of parliamentary election, this portal was one of the first to publish exit poll results. And the results were quite surprising because it was tight, but the polls before the election were showing that, you know, side A will win, but then it happened that side B won. So it was, everybody was super surprised. So we got this huge spike in the evening, which we survived. There were a few glitches, but not, the site didn't go down. But there were things like editors didn't know how to do, do certain things on the sites because they were not familiar with it yet because they just got it a few days before that. Uh, but other than that, the site worked fine. And, um, the election night went through without any problems. We obviously had all hands on deck, but that's wonderful situations like this. Yeah, even years after that, when I got more experienced, I started thinking about that event. I was like, man, if things got really wrong that night, it would be, it would have been really bad. But no, back then we just felt, no, Sure, we're going to do it. No problem. <laughs> Either tremendous hubris or tremendous confidence. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that every migration is scary, but at least I can say that every migration I've done is very stressful. And you, know, you talked about working really long days for a really long period of time. They definitely tend to stretch a team and uh you know it sucks that that organization didn't handle it well and it sounds like as a result of it they lost both teams and i wasn't too surprised to hear that they lost the internal team that predated the migration unfortunately i think that's pretty common there's a lot of resistance to to making transitions people are married to their technology choices and some people do but i would say it's 50 50. Uh, but it surprised me that the 
that the folks who came in also didn't last in part because it sounds like it wasn't very well, well planned and, <laughs> and the organization was challenging to work with. Yeah, it also coincided they, um, when things started falling apart, they also replaced the CEO and the CEO was really big supporter of this digital transition project. And then the new CEO that came in was not really that much into it. They had to, like, they also wanted to cut costs because we, when I, when I joined and after I joined, they increased the team quite a lot and that costs money. And I guess they also wanted to decrease the costs that, that came with. So they, they shrank the team and they switched priority. And I was at the beginning of my career back then. Some people that were on the team that were not so much interested into constantly changing, and always getting on the bus of the latest and greatest thing, were probably happy and most of those people stayed with the company and people that wanted to live more stressful lives moved on. Wow. Thanks for sharing your scary story. I think it's an awesome perspective, the dynamics of the team and the people, which are obviously critically important to the success of your company and your migration. A huge thank you to Yanez Reyes for sharing scary stories from his time before joining Tag One. Make sure to check out our other Halloween episode with Benji Fisher, another top contributor to Drupal, who's going to tell two scary stories about technical challenges he's faced in large-scale migrations. If you like this talk, please remember to upvote, subscribe, and share it out. You can check out past Tag One team talks at tagone.com slash TTT. That's three T's for Tag One team talks. And as always, we'd love your input, feedback, suggestions on any topics. Um, you can write to us at TTT at tagone.com. That's T-A-G, the number one, dot com. A big thank you to Yanez and everyone for tuning in. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Bye.